deep down in my codependency, if you're okay, I'm okay. And if you're not okay, then I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. But you at least need to be here so I can be working towards that. Mm -hmm. So I will accept the situationship because at least I have something to work with. Hey loves, my name is Dantea and I'm your fave self-worth therapist and coach. And this is my show, Situationship. This show is about getting out of toxic situationships that go beyond partners to family and friends and everything in between to living a life of joy and self-worth. Okay, let's get into it. Welcome back. I have a very special guest today. I know I always say that. However, this person talks about a topic that I think a lot of us need to really sit with a lot longer. I'm very excited to introduce Marissa. Thank you for coming on the show. Marissa is a psychotherapist and podcaster. She provides talk therapy online to young women struggling with codependency, depression, and anxiety. Marissa is a creator and host of the Codependomy podcast, which she created to empower young women to stop playing small and start taking up space, which we talk about all the time on the show. So how perfect. In addition to her practice and podcast, Marissa provides one-on-one coaching to therapists wanting to boss up and listen, that's exactly what Marissa does. I met Marissa in a program a few years ago and I'm She's she's boss. So yes, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Dantea. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So I'm really excited just to kind of jump in and just start talking about um, codependence, relationships, taking up space, all of that. So I have a whole list of questions. I'm excited and we'll jump into it. So Marissa, in your bio, you mentioned it and just what I know about you, the work that you do. My question is, how did you know you wanted to help young women stop playing small and take up space? I knew I wanted to help young women to take up space. I think ever since I decided to become a therapist, even in my baby therapist days, I was working with a lot of adolescents, Mm. a lot of adolescent women. And yeah, I just noticed how, especially during adolescence and teen years, that vibrant, confident young women, like they would all of a sudden, you know, they would deflate Mm. and become these gentle, passive, pleasing beings And I I know I experienced that in my adolescence. And so, yeah, just like working with young women, I really wanted to help empower them and help combat that pattern. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so really ever since I've wanted to become a therapist and then every single position or job that I've had, I've just really been able to do that. And, and yeah, now with my own practice, I just, that's what I do. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think I hadn't thought about it until now. And yes, a lot of that kind of shrinking, you really see it within adolescence. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I don't know if I ever shared this with you before, but 
I used to not eat in front of men when I was younger. Yeah. Like, and I did a lot of community stuff. So there are a lot of like co-ed things happening. And anytime we had to like sit down for lunch or sit down for dinner or whatever, I literally wouldn't eat because I thought I had it like eat a certain way. Can't get messy when you eat. And as a teenager, they're giving me stuff like sloppy joes and hot dogs and stuff like that. So that brings back a lot of memories. Right. Yeah. When you would see that with the adolescents, would you ever try to like name it with them? How did that, how did that go? Um, I think early on, I wasn't even, even able to articulate it. So Mm. I think it took some time. And then, um, yeah, it was really when I started, I worked at a group practice and I saw anybody and everybody, Mm. but I started to attract a lot of young women wanting to work with me. And yeah, I started to read more about dependent personality disorder, Okay, which I would argue is like an extreme label because codependence is not a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. but yeah, a lot of the young women and yeah, even reading it myself, I was like, oh my God, like this is me. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, a lot of the young women that I've worked with, they maybe weren't a slam dunk for the diagnosis, but had a lot of the characteristics and symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so then I was trying to find like, like, well, what, what, phenomena is that besides this personality disorder? And that's when I really fell into reading about and wanting to work with codependency. Mm. I am almost embarrassed to say I have never heard of that diagnosis before, the dependent diagnosis. Like, what code is that? (laughs) I don't even... Yeah, it's a personality disorder. Um, I I could pull it up right now. But yeah, it's just like having like like, um, a real need for, for approval from others, Mm. having difficulty making decisions without a lot of input, um, passivity. Yeah. Being over-reliant on relationships. Yes. So I was like, check, 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 check. (laughs) And then, yeah, a less, a less extreme form I sense would, would, um, fall into the, the codependent category. Yes. Yes. Same check, check, check. It's like, wait, there's a, and now I feel like the people who come in and they're like, they feel so validated when they get diagnosed with like ADHD or anxiety, depression, like, oh, it all makes sense. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I feel valid. I feel seen. Mm-hmm. Things like I'm constantly working on, right? Uh, so when, for you, I'm always wondering about this. In the work that we do, usually what makes us really good at helping our kind of clients It's because of our own struggles. And when you realize like my client and I are going through the same shit, how did you start to like work with yourself to do better work with the clients, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I started to do more research. So I I definitely am an avid reader. I just love to read. I mean, I love this field. Mm. And so I definitely was interested in reading um, psychotherapeutic books on codependency. I started to attend CODA, Codependence Anonymous meetings. Yes. yes. Cause I really recognized that I had, um, some issues to work on and yeah, I would say reading CODA, um, yeah, maybe attending some workshops and 
bringing it into my own therapy. Um, I was thankfully already going to therapy at the time, but yeah, I just, I think that the more research and reading that I did, the more I realized how pervasive it was for me, Mm. how high functioning of a codependent I have and continue to be, but also where it is harmful, unsustainable, and like, yeah, it can be really detrimental. Mm -hmm. And so I think taking it seriously, because I was even codependent, like with my therapist and I didn't realize that. So yeah, just really starting to realize how pervasive, how universal it was, I think helped me start to address it. And then, um, yeah, it's just been a journey ever Uh, since. I love that. When I started a podcast about it, now I learn all about it all the time. Yes, yes, and that's 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 why you're here. I'm like, they self worth taking up space. It's so connected to codependence. Every time I say codependence, I'm now I always want to say codependent. like every time, I'm just like, no, the word is codependence. Uh, so I noticed on your podcast website that, which is beautiful, by the way. There's a photo of young Marissa, which is so cute with bangs. And underneath it says, um, I, not verbatim, they said, be a, or be a good girl, they said. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? And I just love that because I 100% identify, well, used to identify a good girl as someone who doesn't take up space and makes himself small and very agreeable and uh, very much whoever you want me to be. So my question to you is, why do you think so many women find it difficult to break away from being the good girl? I think, I mean, there are multiple contributing factors. So I've come to recognize how much family does contribute to that, knowingly or unknowingly, Mm -hmm. right? Intentionally or unintentionally. Um, Society and culture definitely celebrate those characteristics in young women, I would say like socially, um, yeah, I, I could have been molded by my friends in different ways, but I think that I tended to be the one who was reliable and loyal mm-hmm. and, you know, the good listener in friendships and media. I, yeah, I think that kind of has to relate with culture, but it's like reinforced, like in what I like saw as what was like worthy and desirable in women. And really, right, like my perception of all of those things, mm-hmm. right? So if I perceive that it's beneficial in my family to act a certain way, given their response, and I create that as a rule mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, like that's my perception too. So it's both and, right? Like yeah. I have two sisters, um, they're, I, I don't think they're as codependent as, I don't know. I think, I don't know. It's not a competition, but like our codependency, (laughs) if we have, if we each have it, which I think we can all acknowledge that we do Mm -hmm. manifested in different ways. Yeah. And yeah, that's because of like how we perceived different situations. Like for example, my older sister, um, I've talked about this on my podcast, but in her teens, she really, her and my parents really struggled to get mm. along. Mm. There was just a lot of conflict, like 
you know, efforts by my parents to like punish Mm -hmm. and have her do chores. And like, I say like control and like, kind of like control her. She was a little wild yeah, and like her rebellion and pushing back and like her room was a mess. Mm. And like, I was very diligent as like a fourth, fifth and sixth grader to have a very clean room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of that. Cause I didn't want the same, that interaction, like, okay, let's not do that Mm -hmm. in order to, and then also let's not add burden to this system that's already burdened. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm going to be clean. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be, um, yeah, I'm going to wake up like on my own. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Just, I didn't want to add to the, the mornings. Yeah. Before school were difficult. So yeah, Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I can relate to that. My, my sister's same. My oldest sister was really struggled with the relationship with our mom and the second oldest was always just out and about, would get sick, take her to the hospital. A lot of just poor uh, choices as a teenager. And then there was me and my room was always clean. And I was definitely like the good girl. I would make sure I got straight A's and make sure, um, I gave all my attention to my mom and just took on so much. I just wanted to be like, like kind of what she's like, you don't have to worry about me, mm-hmm. you know? Just to kind of like go clinically a little bit deeper, I'm just curious as we're talking about it. How do you think that gets formed? Because as a as a young child, we're not able to say, oh, because this and that, and then I'm going to do it because I don't want to burden the system. Like, these aren't words we're using. Like, what do you think it is at such a young age where we make sense to act in a different way? I don't think it's conscious, but I think unconsciously we do. We do calculate and we do solve those equations. Um, yeah, like going back to the perception, right? So my twin sister, she didn't have that same reaction, right? She didn't come up with that same calculus. Mm-hmm. So again, like it's, it's what, what message we do receive explicitly and implicitly how we interpret them and then, yeah, how we act on it. So I think, um, yeah, I do think, so my definition of codependency, I talk about how it's a way of being because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, how do I make this like global, <laughs> right? Like not just a set of behaviors, yeah. not just a, um, like a, like characteristic or like a, um, like symptoms, like, but yeah, just like a way of being Mm -hmm. where one puts the thoughts, feelings, and needs of another above their own in an unconscious attempt Mm -hmm. to fulfill their own thoughts, feelings, and needs. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I think that I needed harmony. Um, I needed for, yeah, especially harmony, I needed love and approval from my parents. And sometimes I got that, right? Because there wasn't conflict, Mm -hmm. right? I wasn't in trouble. That's, you know, that's loving. Like I'll take it. (laughs) And, and so, yeah, that's how I got my needs met or like I need, yeah, I need like me and my dad to be standing at the door waiting. And at least he's not mad at me. Yeah. Yeah, Cause everyone else is late, but I'm here. Yeah. And so... Yeah. So I think that I, 
yeah, I think kids are actually, children are pretty perceptive Mm -hmm. and you, you come up with these very easy, like equations. I'll be on time and thus I'll be loved. Mm -hmm. Like, like, I, I don't, it might be more complicated than that, but yeah. And then if I, you know, I think I was praised for being on time mm-hmm. or yeah, it was like a thing that I was prompt. So yeah. then I just kept that. Yeah. yeah. So I think on a, a deeper level, we, we do figure it out. I think I agree with you. I think kids are for kids thing. Problems do feel more simplistic. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought that, and this actually still carries on today. If you're mad at someone and you have an argument or you yelled at someone, you're supposed to now like hug. Like that is, that is the period you hug now. It's like the simple answer. And I'm wondering if for like you and I, we would see our older siblings getting in trouble. Did that mean they were not loved? And then we wanted to do opposite to get love. Was it more of, I'm just kind of just speculating was it more of I want to get a higher love so I will do the opposite of what older sibling is doing yeah I think it could be both and um I, yeah I don't know consciously if it was a competition or like a an, a an aim for higher love but yeah definitely not more of the same yeah and so and I don't know if I got a higher love but yeah I definitely didn't get the same negativity and conflict. So yeah. Yeah. I, I took it. I love, I just, I love talking about if you can't tell childhood experiences, cause there's, there's so much forming like the foundation. And then here we are as two grown adults talking about it. Mm-hmm. I just, I just always love it. So much of this stuff is created there, you know, whether we realize it or not. Yes. If you're listening to this episode, I bet you're wondering what behaviors you're doing that keep you from getting your needs met and ending up in situationship after situationship. I got you. I've created a situationship quiz and I'm so excited about it. Take the quiz to discover more behaviors and more tips for navigating situationships because I know you're in more than one right now no judgment, boo-boo. I used to have five situationships at a time. Yes. So you're not alone. You can find the quiz at www.dontea.co forward slash quiz. That's D-O-N-T-E-A dot C-O forward slash quiz. I'll drop it in the show notes as well. Okay, back to the episode. So my next question for you, Marissa, what's the most recent time you struggled with being a good girl, a good woman? Um, let's see, a good girl or a good woman that I struggled. Um, I'm glad it's not that easy for me to pinpoint, <laughs> which is a good sign. Yes. Um, this is probably over a year ago and I've shared about on my podcast, but I'll, I'll share about it. Cause it's, it's pretty clear. I, I created an episode called, I don't want to be here, but I'm here. Mm. And I, I'm a licensed therapist. I have a podcast on mental health. 
I am known in like my like familial, social, professional circles Mm -hmm. as, as a therapist. And so I was invited to be on a local board Hmm. for a mental health, um, oh gosh, association. Mm -hmm. I'm a therapist. Yeah. I'm in mental health, like a board position, like for a local chapter of a mental health. Yes, I I will do that. (laughs) I will totally do that. And so I signed up, um, now that I look back on it without a lot of information. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't gone to a board meeting. Mm -hmm. I like (laughs) didn't necessarily, I wasn't told like what the expectation was. Like, you know, if we had meetings once a month or every other week or, and I actually joined at a time when I think like the next month or two, they had a big walking, like a walkathon fundraiser. Mm. And so I, I think it was at like one of my first meetings, it was like, okay, we want each board member to raise like X thousands of dollars. Wow. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I like, I'm pretty sure I could do it, but I, I'm not ready to, yeah. to raise thousands of dollars. And so, um, yeah. And then too, I went to like, like, bigger. So there's local chapters. Mm -hmm. And then let's say there's like a, like a central meeting that oversees those chapters. So I was going to those meetings virtually, like planning the walkathon and like the meeting, like those meetings in particular, like I felt like being there, Mm -hmm. I just observed them as very disorganized um, everyone had an opinion Yeah, and it was, I was like, you know, like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, like it was painful mm-hmm. to be in. The- I don't want to be here, yeah. but I'm here yeah. and I'm sitting in these meetings and I'm like picking my cuticles off because oh. I'm so bored and annoyed, yes. but I don't want to leave mm. and have these 20 strangers realize I just left yeah. a virtual Mm. so yeah so I was like going to the meetings and like the walkathon was coming up I like wasn't raising money I like yeah I was busy with my practice and my podcast yes. and my life and so yeah I think I talked about it in therapy I talked about it with friends and yeah it's just so obvious mm-hmm. like quit. <laughs> yes. Quit. This is not aligned. Yes. Yes. You made some mistakes in joining. Mm. So, um, with so little information now, you know, for the next board that you get invited to like what to do. Um, but yeah, I was very, yeah, I definitely had a like deeper, emotional fear of quitting due to the woman who invited me to join. Mm. Like I didn't want to disappoint her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to disappoint these people. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to disappoint the walkathon yeah. people. And yeah, I was able to compose a thoughtful email 
And, but like, it took what it took, Dante. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I didn't do the walkathon. I'm so glad I didn't raise thousands yes. of dollars, yes. which I would have done five years ago. But even like the first meeting, mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. it was off. <laughs> And then I stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed and then finally was able to quit. Yeah. Mm. What was what was the pep talk like right before like you sent the email for yourself? Well, the email was very I've I've actually created I have a podcast episode about codependent emails. <laughs> My emails are need it. Need it. Like I hope this finds you well. <laughs> just like all, all these like niceties that I like, like, like just sprinkle. Yes. In, yes. Know, to like, please. And <laughs> Don't mean to bother. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> I did, I composed this email. I think I got um, some input from at least like one or two people. So that felt good. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I think like just like internally there was, yeah, I was afraid of how I would be perceived. I was afraid of disappointing all these people that I had recently met. And and then I think being really honest, like I was also afraid of like, like what I was like signing up for if I stayed. Mm. And so I talk about this a lot with my patients and on the podcast, like when you bring awareness and you start to better understand yourself, Mm -hmm. you don't actually get to avoid conflict or big, Mm -hmm. scary feelings Mm -hmm. or I don't know, things not working out, Yeah, but you get, I I got to choose Mm -hmm. what type of fear I wanted to deal with or like what type appointment like did I want to like continue and like really disappoint myself mm-hmm. or did I want to stop and disappoint some people who don't yeah really matter big like long term so like what kind of disappointment do I want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll disappoint them <laughs> or yeah like I, I had this like fear and it's like okay well like what fear do I choose yeah and so yeah I just chose like the fear of of continuing. Like I did not, I didn't want that. So I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to answer to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just like an internal, like, like you can do this, Marissa, mm-hmm. you can do this. Mm-hmm. You can do this. <laughs> and yeah, so I sent it. And I remember like the woman, I think fairly quickly, maybe within like half an hour to an hour, she sent me back like a response. Like I totally understand. Mm. Thank you for letting me know. It was brief. And like, I am in a book club that she's a member of, and I just saw her this past weekend and it's fine. It's (laughs) been fine. Um, yeah, I like totally know her, like our relationship, like had to continue, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she does not seem to harbor any hard feelings. Yeah. I love that. I'm sure a lot of my listeners right now are like, a codependent, like a codependency type style email. Like that's a, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Email, text message, right? Like knocking on the um, boss's door, you know, your parents, door, whatever. God, I need that. I'm gonna go back and listen to that episode because I 
one day, within the last month, I'm sure, I spent like over 30 minutes trying to craft an email. And I kept telling myself, you don't need the fluff. Just say what you want to say. It's seven words, send. But I kept having that push to, because my mind, I don't know if this is similar for you, my mind goes to, what if, you know, what if I'm sending this email and and the space they're in, they're not going to understand what I'm trying to say. What if they think it's mean that I didn't say um, hi, I hope you're well, you know, like what if people find that too aggressive? I mean, it just spirals. Yeah. It just, yeah. There's too much again, like the calculation, the mind reading, mm. the, the, um, oh gosh, what's the other one? The needs anticipation, right. I'm just anticipating your needs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's just too, it's too exhausting. So yeah, hopefully at a certain point. Yeah, I, I, I reached that point. I continue to reach that point. Nice. But um, yeah, then you, then you just, just send, send, send a goddamn email. <laughs> send. I love it. Here's, here's the thing that I would hope you're able to address because it's, we can, we can step away from being the good girl. We can just send the email and what do you tell your clients how to manage themselves in the aftermath? Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, I did it, Marissa. I sent it. You know, I, oh my god, I, I did it. I focused on myself. And then that rumbling of what if, like, with your situation, what if that lady stops coming to the book club, or, or um, what if I don't get any other opportunities in the future? Or she is at the book club, and you're so in your mind and anxious, you misread her not saying hello to you immediately because maybe she was finishing a conversation with someone else mm-hmm. and she doesn't like you. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. I think I start out with normalizing it where I would say, if you weren't worried, I would be worried. <laughs> right. Cause now you're just an apathetic or like a, like an antisocial asshole. Yeah. Right? So it's like, I'm, I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you're worried. Mm-hmm. I, or like, yeah, when I'm, it's like, yeah, like the compassion, like, of, of course you're worried. Mm-hmm. Of course you're worried. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, you just, you just quit the board. The board. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think normalizing it and also predicting it. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes, yeah, like I know with my patients, like I have like prescribed to them okay, like type out the text mm. and then throw your phone across the room mm-hmm. and go for a walk. Yes. Like, like, <laughs> and like go. <laughs> go for a walk. Like get away from your phone. Get away yes. from your phone. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's totally, It. this is not, yeah, I didn't send that email. I think I sent it and like probably closed my computer <laughs> and yeah, went and did something. Like, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta get away from this. So, yeah, I would prescribe the angst Mm. and like expect and welcome it. Um, yeah, I would provide yourself with compassion, like, and yeah, just like, kind of like be comical about it. Like I'd be worried Mm -hmm. if you weren't worried. And yeah, I think just trying to, one thing about codependence is, um, we're very, I mean, not all the time, but we tend to be very nurturing and caring for others. Yeah. And we are 
condemning and cruel to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like, I don't know. That's why I call it codependemi. It's yeah. kind of like a play on like our, like, um, just like how like cruel we are, but it's like, you dummy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think trying to like, yeah, just really be gentle right? Like it's okay that you sent that email or it's okay that you dumped him. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay that you set that boundary. It's okay. It's okay. And, um, yeah, potentially doing like a, like self soothing activity yeah, or yeah, some type of like, yeah, just really trying to be kind to yourself in the aftermath, because you're going to likely be worried. You're going to have angst. And then you probably will start beating yourself up or doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, trying to find ways to like be gentle. Yes. I think are in order. Be gentle. And it's okay that you set the boundary because going through the balancing act of what you did with your email. Like, I don't want to do this. I rather, I have, I have less fear if I choose this option and just being okay with that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, It's so tough. And I've especially have done the send the text and like run away. I've done that so many times because I'm just like, (gasps) I don't like, I don't want to see the bubbles. You know, I'm just like, gotta go. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Gonna watch TV. Gonna go to the grocery store or something. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. When, maybe you've already said it a little bit. I wanted to ask though, in your work with your clients and in your own personal stuff, when did you start to realize that codependence was like a culprit to your, um, like the way you connect with people, you know, relationships? Yeah, I think um, throughout my life, I started going to therapy when I was 20 and I'm 35 and I likely, hopefully will just continue to go, um, off and on for the rest of my life. Mm. And I know at the time that it was like, do I have anxiety? Cause I feel really anxious. Mm-hmm. Am I depressed? Because I have, yeah, I'm like really sad and I like cry all the time. Mm -hmm. Do I have an eating disorder? Because I'm like super Mm self-conscious and like really trying to fit this ideal body type. Yep. And then, yeah, really reflecting and like getting to know myself. I was like, I'm anxious about being rejected or losing people. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not anxious about my tests. Yeah. No. Or germs. <laughs> I'm germs. About, I'm anxious about my boyfriend changing his mind. Mm-hmm. Amen. Right. And like I'm sad and I cry because I've disappointed other people. Mm hmm. Or yeah, I've, I've failed at being perfect yet again. Yes. And like, 
I like, do I have an eating disorder or like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just like obsessed with people approving of my body from near and far. Mm-hmm. I just want every person to approve of my body. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what all has to do with like my relationships mm-hmm. and people and being overly dependent. Yes. Overly reliant on them mm-hmm. to feel good about myself, right? To feel calm, to feel at ease, to sleep. <laughs> and yeah, so I think like realizing that like all roads led to my relationships. Yeah. That's when I got to see like underneath the anxious, depressed, uh, like disordered eating mm-hmm. symptoms. Like that was the, yeah, all roads led to that. Like that was where my, those were my underlying motives, mm-hmm. like to, to get, keep, maintain love and approval from others. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, um, with some of the young women I work with, they might be purely anxious. Mm-hmm. They really might, they might be purely depressed. And then also, yeah, I think, um, some that I have worked with the majority now, yeah, they come to me and they really recognize how, um, obsessed, right. Un- un- unknowingly, mm-hmm. they start to realize that like how obsessed they are with their relationships. Yep. 100%. Yes. I always try to, try to think of the, the kind of the pushback or the questions like clients would ask and, you know, cause as we talk about it, it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds really easy. That sounds okay. Good. Okay. I get that. Okay. All roads lead to relationships. And then a lot of times, at least for my, myself and with my clients, it's how it's like this kind of question of how do I know it's going to be okay? Like, how do I know if I stop worrying about if this person will accept me, if this person will think my body is attractive or acceptable, like how I know it'll be okay. How do I know it'll be okay if the worst fear that the person does leave, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, you don't, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and also, yeah, I think I was able to recognize and a lot of my patients and listeners like have, or are like coming to this realization where I'm not okay right now. I'm not okay right now. I am, I am fucked up mm-hmm. right now. I am, I remember I've, I've talked about this in the podcast, but going to therapy after a relationship ended. It was very toxic, very codependent. And my therapist said, like, what brings you in? And I said, I am addicted to my ex-boyfriend. Like I could, like, I was not okay. I really was not okay. And, um, you know, we dated at the time, like when, like, I don't know, I I don't think Instagram was around. So it was like early days of social media Mm -hmm. But I would like swear off checking his profile. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna check. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm never gonna do this ever again. 
Like I just couldn't, like it was so compulsive, mm-hmm. like all these things I would do. Yes. And, um, yeah. And so I, again, like, it's like, like what kind of uncertainty do you want? Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it's not even certain. Well, yeah. Do you want the uncertainty or do you want the certainty that you're not, I'm, I'm not okay right now. Yeah. I'm worried I'm not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But do I want to take that gamble? Cause this is guaranteed. There's hope over there. Yeah. So yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I totally understand like the vulnerability and the fear and, um, yeah, I've, I've like cried about it. I've grieved. Um, some of my codependent relationships are really, um, like reciprocating. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to like push away Mm -hmm. like people and like, I've like, I've like resented them for like hanging on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it, it hasn't been an easy journey, but the path, the codependent path that I was on, um, I like only dated sober or active alcoholics. Like that was like my only prerequisite. That is not, not knowing. Yeah. Me. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Oh my goodness. I thought I'd evolved when I found a sober guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they call it like a dry drunk. Yes. Yeah. It was still like toxic. My mind. And yeah, like without going to therapy and working on myself, um, I I sense I would have like married a partner like that. Mm. I may have become a therapist, but whether or not I was a therapist or in some other position, like I would have like really, um, they call it sacrificial helping syndrome. Mm-hmm. I think I just would have like burned myself out at work. I think I, you know, if I had children on that path, like I would have just been codependent with them and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. led them into their codependent (laughs) journeys. It just, it was really like laid out, Mm. but I wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So I get the like, well, what if I'm not okay if I break out of this? Um, What if I'm left alone? You don't know. Yeah, you don't. You don't know. But I yeah, I felt alone back then. Oh, yeah. Like I already was alone. Yeah. Yeah, I already wasn't okay. So, yeah, just like choosing what type of alone I'll be. Mhm. Right, going on my healing journey. Yes. I'll be alone on that journey. Yes. Ah, Marissa, way to save the juicy stuff for the almost at the end. Dating alcohol, <laughs> dating alcoholics or like what? Like I just like how did how did the two cross paths? Not like it's hard to find people who have addictions. It's just like mm-hmm. my and I'm sure I would be astonished if I literally thought about my unconscious prerequisites for my past exes. Like I think mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts' character, she talks about how she was a bum magnet, <laughs> and her mom teased her, and it, yeah, she's like, yeah, my mom teased me, like, if I put on a blindfold, like, I could 
I could sniff out a bum in like a like 10 mile radius. And I was like, same Julia Roberts character, same. Like if somebody blindfolded me at a party, like I would find him. Marissa right him. now is sniffing the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. And then you know, all the red flags, they were just, you know, it was like challenge accepted. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm laughing partly so hard because it's like you're reading my life. Like I I feel like I'm I like the magnet is usually with the man, the men who are extremely toxic like would tell me to wait in the car with no like I'll be back at this point you know like people who had no desire to keep their word like just a straight asshole you know that that got me some some stuff to think about okay well here's my last question I'm just curious about this how do you think codependency keeps us in situationships, whether it's romantic, friendships, family? I think that codependents are vulnerable to settling, mm. to relationships without a lot of boundaries mm-hmm. or like explicit understandings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of, we're vulnerable. It doesn't mean that we will. But I think we're vulnerable to, he likes me, right? With this, the the first real toxic codependent relationship, like, I don't think we defined who we, what we were. Mm-hmm. Gosh, probably for like five or six months. Oh. And because I had no ability mm-hmm. or desire to ruffle any feathers 100% and yeah like I'm, I'm just gonna well this he likes me I like him good enough I don't actually know what's going on mm-hmm. but sure yeah hopefully he brings it up eventually <laughs> mm-hmm. and we can be boyfriend and girlfriend yeah committed to each other <laughs> yeah so I think that um you know putting the needs of another above our own to unconsciously fulfill our need Um, if they don't need, um, it to be defined, Mm -hmm. then I, I don't need it either. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So I think that, um, whether it's with someone we're dating or with a friend or even, yeah, some like gray, like, like work gig, um, yeah, there's an effort to please, to I think prove mm-hmm. right so like again challenge accepted like mm-hmm. I will do what I need to do in order to make this official yeah um but that's not automatic mm-hmm. I need to prove that mm-hmm. I need to prove my worthiness of that so I think that's pretty intuitive to a codependent and um yeah again I already said it but if they don't need to define it I don't need to define it Um, because yeah, like deep down in my codependency, if you're okay, I'm okay. And if you're not okay, then I'm not okay, Mm -hmm. but you at least need to be here so I can be working towards that. Mm -hmm. So I will accept the situationship because at least I have something to work with. Yes. 
Um, yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, like I'll eat scraps instead of a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, you know, I'm starving. And so I'll, I'll settle for scraps. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh, Marissa, thank you so, so much for coming yeah. on. I'm so happy you came on. It's just, it's like the missing like piece of the recipe that I, how I've been doing this show like this is what we need to be talking about. Uh, I'm sure everyone is very excited to connect with you and learn more about you. I'm like, I need to go to that episode about okay. the email. So where can people find you if they want to connect? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. So it's my, my therapy page at therapy with Marissa, one R two S's. My website, therapywithmarissa.com, and then the podcast is codependummy.com, and it's on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, we're everywhere. Dantea came on recently to talk about situationships. And yeah, that's where you can find me. What about anything that you are working on, uh, wanting to let the audience know, maybe something you're promoting? Yes. Yeah. So for the podcast, um, I'm trying to do a monthly Codependemi Collective mm. where I'll host listeners and we can do a Q&A. Yes. Either they can follow up on an episode. Mm-hmm. Like, Marissa, like, can you say more about, I don't know, like attachment styles? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, listener. And so <laughs> also just to create community because there are hundreds of listeners out there, but they don't actually know each other, but they all resonate with the content. So yeah, yep. trying to give them a community once a month. Um, yeah, so that. you can find out more on the website. Mm, I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank I hope you, you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. And um, everyone, you got this. Take these tips and you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show, loves. This show was produced by Mackenzie Mazell and me, Dantea. If you got a question you'd like me to answer, which I know you do, please send it to Dantea at soireesintherapy.com. That's S-O-I-R-E-E-S for soirees. When you do that, the answer might just become an episode, and I would love to keep talking about your question. Want to work with me? The link is in the show notes. I'll see you there and I'll see you in the next episode. Okay.